Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender HD on Twitter. I'm also the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. The entire game theory of DFS. Doesn't matter what sport you play. NFL, NBA, PGA, LOL, soccer. Doesn't matter. It's the entire game theory. If you want to learn the math, you want to learn the concepts, go check that out at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me as sometimes, as most of the time, usually. Last week, we, we had a late episode, so this week we have a little early one, but a little shorter one, kind of a condensed episode with the man behind a lot of the, the stuff you, you may see in the premium section at Roto Grinders, especially with the Super Bowl coming up this week. Uh, it's Eric Bimefor, Eric Bimefor on Twitter, and uh, Eric, I wanted to bring I wanted to bring this up uh, because I had a conversation with uh, if you if you buy the, the theory of DFS course every once in a while, like every like two months or so, I send out an email that says if you write a testimonial, I'll hop on a call with you for thirty minutes for nothing to answer any questions you got, any anything you got. I've been doing a ton of these, so over the course of six months, I've probably talked to. 60, 70 people, and uh, I had one of the most interesting calls uh, a couple of days ago, because usually people are asking me questions and, and about game theory and things like that, clarifications of concepts in the course, and most of the time, I'm, I'm dealing with people that these concepts are, are new to them, like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're not complicated, right? If you were involved in poker, you probably picked it up quicker. If you were involved in, in finance, probably picked it up quicker. So I talked to someone. I'll, I'll, I'll leave his name out of it. Uh, plays chess. High-frequency trader. So it's like, this is like right up right up your, like, why, why, why aren't you great at DFS? He play, he's playing low stakes. He's playing for fun, primarily. I think, I think he has plenty of money. I think it's not about the amount of money. I think it's just the intellectual challenge of beating a game. Yeah. And, uh... I, I come out of the conversation going like, why, what, yeah, I think you're better than me, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I, I, it's like, I like you get this. I don't know why you're asking me these questions. Like you're, you, you obviously get this. Uh, and one, one of the things that he mentioned is about taking concepts to their logical extremes, which is something that I do a lot for explanation purposes of like, let's, let's, you know, right. Hey, like, can you play these two guys together? Well, if they're both 3K, yeah, you can play Giannis and Middleton together. But if they're 15K each, you probably can't play either of them. So it's like, once you get that there's no, like, correct answer, there's a yep. range depending on all these variables that are working for you on a specific slate. He seems to take contest selection to its logical extreme. Like, and I'm someone that I consider myself good at contest selection, especially for cash games. Like, I'm mm-hmm. looking for the right spots to deploy my capital, right? Get my money in good. Finding three mans with the no badger, right? You know, something like that. <laughs> you know, playing the larger fields, not the multi-entry double-ups. The 124s, the 62s, not the 11 mans. 11 mans have lower rake. I'll play them only if I see, like, some unknown people in there. But, like, yeah. not with the 10 other sharper players in the lobby. Uh, what he does, I, I want to get, get your thoughts on this, because it's something that I never thought of. And I think it's ingenious. And maybe people are doing this for the past five years or maybe the past two years since the feature on DraftKings was implemented. Uh, And I just don't know about it. 
And I think at the lowest stakes, you could get away with it. Uh, I mean, the amount of raw money may not be worth it. Is that since he's in the chess space, he he has what's called a mook farms. Okay? it's It sounds weird. Like he mentioned it to me. He's like, oh, I mook farm. And I'm like, what the hell is... what? what are, what's a mook farm? Right? right? And... It's in chess, apparently. I may be getting this wrong. If you play chess, just email in questions at theoryofdfs.com and tell me I'm getting this wrong because I don't, I don't play chess. That in order to, obviously, the more people that you beat, your, your rating goes up. Uh, and obviously, if you beat lower players, you don't get that much to your rating. But in order to, like, artificially inflate your rating, like, you want to you find the w- weakest players and play them more often. And that's what mook farming is. Like, you have... You know, you have like your watch list of, of people that are playing that you want to get into a game with that you could easily beat. And he says that in, in like chess and online spaces that that people set up their own MOOC farms. And when, when he t- explained it to me, I'm like, oh, so that's like bum hunting in online poker. Right. Like, and then he goes, yeah, that's it, it, it. We call it MOOC farming, but you can call it bum hunting. In online poker, you'd wait to see. If someone, you know, that you could be comes online, you follow them around the tables, you know, challenge them to head-to-head matches, things like that. So what he does on DraftKings is that he he mook farms. He bum hunts. Now, typically, bum hunting, to me, it has a negative connotation, but it really is just is contest selection. And yeah. to me, I do it the, probably in the most ethical way was... If I if I see someone with no badge or someone I don't know in the head to head lobby, I take their head heads. I mean, like, exactly. right? Yeah. If I see a three man, if it's uh, if it's uh, mock loving and someone I've never seen before, and then me, it's like, okay, there's enough edge there that you know, compared to an unknown person, that I that I should be in this three man. What mm-hmm. he does is he uses leagues. So okay, what he creates, he said he creates his own mook farm. If he plays someone in a head-to-head or something like that that's horrible, he invites them into his league. And now now he has them all in one place that he could send out a league invite and be like, well, we have this 10-man contest and you set out an invite that way. And that's how he's able to, like, kind of... Instead of getting, like, a list of people and then you challenge them to head-to-heads, because we all know how annoying that is, right? Yeah. To me, to me, that's... Is, is the time worth it is... Is is that ethical? I I get it's within the rules. Yes, it's something that I don't do, but I can understand. Hey, it's within the confines of the site. Any anyone has any ability to put on their you know in the settings to block notifications. You don't have to block them completely. Just the notification so you don't get them. So you just never accept them. But to have imagine putting together. Oh, you played this guy in a head to head and sucked, and you're like, oh, join my league, and they join the league, and now. You're able to like, oh, join this three man, join this five man, join this whatever. And apparently that's, I mean, that's the logical extreme to contest selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're most likely going to find this at the the lowest stakes. Uh, would Eric, would you have ever thought to, to utilize the league's function this way? No, no. I was kind of wondering where, <clears throat> where you were going because I, I, you know, definitely get the concept of, of kind of bum hunting basically. But, um, you know, this guy seems obviously you, you thought he was intelligent. And so I, I knew he had some kind of spin on it, but I'm trying to figure out where it's going. And so I was totally stunned. But I would never, ever, ever have, have thought about that. 
Um, it's certainly too much work for me. I'm far too lazy to do something like that. But I, it's a really interesting take on basically finding your great your greatest edge. I mean, I'm not sure I can think of a. You know, I, I would like I would like to see maybe maybe I'm uh, asking a question you already know the answer to from talking to them. I would like to see like success rates on on getting people to to accept like apparently he does i mean i i took a look at his rotor tracker he plays primarily head-to-heads like his philosophy is like the lot is the extreme of of like our philosophy i say it in the course the number one factor of your profitability of your roi is going to be the opponents like you don't have to be the best player you just have to constantly play against players that are worse than you so mm-hmm. he uses the extreme perspective of he has his projections. He's not going to beat his model. So don't even bother thinking. Don't even bother about thinking he's just playing cash games, not GPPs. Mm-hmm. So it's like as long as he has mm-hmm. the best model and he can find the weakest opponents, he will make money. So he doesn't have to think about who to two v twos, one v one, just whatever, whatever the model says. That's what I play. That and because that I mean from high frequency tra- trading you you're setting up a system so you don't have to do all of that like it's gonna identify patterns and go dip dip sell buy sell do whatever that type of stuff so the only time that he spends is on opponent selection as opposed to lineup construction like he spends no time on yep. lineup construction spends every right. time on opponent selection and I mean truthfully that that. That would be the highest ROI thing to possibly do because most likely in, in the scenarios that he's finding players that have the weakest lineups after playing them, that he could tell that they obviously don't use a model. They obviously don't, you know, they, he, ha, he, could, he could define his edge much more directly than we can. Oh, yeah. Right? And yeah. then just, and just if he's playing X amount of dollars per day, it's whatever... He, he's shoving his money in, and whatever the dollar amount that money in it is all directly in relation to the opponents. It's similar to going to a card room, and you don't see a good game, and you just go home. Or you see a good game, and it just ha- so happens to be at a lower limit, or a higher limit. Like, it's not a matter of, I'm coming in with the same buy-in, the same type of, you know, that the, the, the investment structure that, like, I have for cash games. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to depend, which is what you should. You, you always want to get your money in when you're when you're good, when you're the best, right? You want to get your money in aces over kings versus, you know, uh, a straight draw versus top two pair or something where, okay, it's a little less of a probability. But the, the only thing that I question is, is, not, is not the technique. I think, it's, I think it's great. I think that's, I mean, I, I think it's, I don't want to call it ingenious. It's not complicated, but it makes apps. <laughs> if you're thinking in those logical extremes, it makes sense to do it. The problem yeah. is, is that from a raw money perspective. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask. Like how, how much real money? Like, like yes, you can't at the $1 to $3 level. And you, let's say you, you could get it. Let's say by doing this, you instead of getting a 15% ROI, which is what I used to get in the $1 to $3 range in uh, cash games, you could get it up to 22 to 25%. But you're like your total volume is like 400 bucks. Right. So it's like, so your expected return on even 25% of 400 bucks is, I mean, a hundred bucks, which I mean, Hey, if you could churn out an expected return of a hundred bucks a day, that ain't, I mean, that ain't nothing to shake a stick at. That's fine. (laughs) But as far as 
are can you can you set up I'm using his terms, mook farms like that, and you're capturing guys that are playing two fifteen head to heads. Are you I mean, at the highest stakes, are you gonna are you gonna be able are you gonna be able to do that? Or is it the type of thing where maybe there are higher stakes players that are listening to this right now going, you found out. That's how we <laughs> like like if, like like maybe that maybe that that's how they find the whales and then they keep the whales to themselves so they're not in the head to head lobby. Maybe maybe that's the case. But I just found I just wanted to bring it up as a topic mm-hmm. of conversation, especially since we're having a little bit of a shorter show. That I wanted wanted your thoughts on the matter because I listened to it and go and thought, well, obviously when I started five years ago, leagues didn't exist on DraftKings, right? Yeah. They added that a couple of years later. But like if I if they existed and I was playing with my thousand dollar bankroll or whatever when I started and I was doing contest selection for soccer, being very you know finding where my edges mm-hmm. are. Like that's that's something I definitely would have done. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's funny because it's uh, I, I was thinking about this well both last night and this morning. Not this this concept, but general contest selection. And um, yeah, it's just it's super super interesting because it is absolutely the the very far extreme. I do think to your point on higher stakes head to heads. I am of the belief that I don't know, you know, not necessarily this exact structure, but something similar to this exists. I mean, it could even be that there are people posting like I don't even go look at 250. Like if I if I'm playing a 215 head to head, like I'll just post one. And then if, if I want to play another, I, I wait till it gets picked up, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I, my my personal guess is that that some form of this does exist at at higher stakes or there are people that the the true sharps know and they will scoop them and that that those people's action uh gets taken relatively quickly so it's a different you know obviously it's very different form of this but you know bum hunting i i do believe exists and it's been it's been maybe two years ago but um something like that when i i played a lot when i would play a lot more cash um, across all sports, even like baseball and stuff, which I, I wouldn't, I don't even touch that anymore. Uh, but there were people, you know, I'm not definitely not naming any names. Um, I don't even think they're in the lobby anymore. But there were people that posted even up to higher stakes head to heads that I scooped that 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 was like my the majority of my cash action was against a couple of different people that I had identified um, were not very good <laughs> cash cash players, and I thought I, I had an edge over. So this this. This dogs agree. This general idea, though, of taking contest selection to the extreme, I think is really, really interesting. Maybe not to the like. I don't. I don't, I don't know that there's enough. But a, I don't know if it's worth my time. Um, even if there is, like, a hundred bucks a day is 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 great and everything. But like, even if you can get more more than that. It's a it's a fair amount of time, um, and I don't think I personally have the patience for. But kind of going back to last you know last episode we talked about, for some people this would be like this guy like this is the perfect setup, right? It's like he just spends his time on the one thing that he knows he can he can kind of figure out, and then yeah, he doesn't spend any time on doing uh, uh, you know, any roster construction or any of that kind of stuff. And this is the best way for him to play DFS. For others, um, it's it's very funny that you brought this up because like last night. Um, some people that I talked to were talking about for NBA specifically, 
like uh, they run the big $4 20 max. And that's like what people will play. They, they like to play 20 teams and they play it in the $4. But what they like to do, which I thought was really smart, is they don't want to play that at first $4 contest because it's like, you know, 150,000 entries or some shit. It's, it's unwinnable, basically. They wait for the second, sometimes the third $4 20 max, which is like 1,000 people. Or I, don't, I don't even know. But it's much, much, much smaller. And they wait to enter that. Or people are waiting like they want to play mid-sticks, 20 to $100. They wait till close to lock and these $50 contests that are 25 people or something like that start getting posted closer to lock. And so not only are you getting into smaller fields, which might be better for these, these people, it's definitely probably better for these particular individuals, but you're like the, you're, you're getting far, far less of the super, super sharp players. You know, if you got into the first, the first, whatever, $50 single entry, they're all in there, right? Every single, every single one of the best players on the planet is, is in that contest. If you wait till the smaller, closer, closer to lock, um, you know, it's a kind of a, pivoted less less extreme version of kind of bum hunting you're getting in these more casual guys they're like oh yeah i'll just toss my 50 you're not playing against yeah mclovin and awesome right. empire maker the, and the, whatever you're the, playing the theory the theory casual. of that is that the, the the hypothesis is that casual players are more likely to enter contests closer to lock versus like people are built oh i'm oh, i'm gonna play DraftKings tonight and it's you know 545 they build a lineup and then they find a contest and they're yep. coming in, they're entering right there. And that's the main reason why uh, for two, two things, something that I do related to this is uh, for two reasons. One, the late cash contests. So like, mm. you know, the, the late, instead yep. of building my volume, because I, I, I know how much volume that I'm, I'm going to play on a day, right? Because yeah. it's, ba- it's all based on my, my formula of 10% of whatever that number is, that's what, that's my aim. And I'm trying to have a specific diversification inside of that. So I need, I need to hit these, these, uh, goals as far as how many double ups versus triple ups versus head to heads. I'm trying to balance that because it depends on the action that's in the lobby. So sometimes, you know, like I'm going to pass on these $50, 136th man, uh, double ups, and I'd rather play the 68 man that gets posted an hour before lock because yeah. I may get five or 10 more casual people possibly later. And instead of wasting the $50 12 hours before that, I hold mm-hmm. off on it. Or yep. what you do, which is what I think everyone should do, is if, especially if you're playing cash, but even if you're playing GPP, is the to me the last step before lock is to having the lobby open and oh, yeah. seeing where the overlay is because based on UIGA these guaranteed contests they're going to they're going to pay out the guarantee regardless of if it fills and this is obviously what's called overlay so looking I mean even looking at the double ups there are 23 man double ups and it's I see the cl- 28 27 26 and they're like 15 of 23 so it's like well I'll be uh, if I, if I could get anything less than 23 in here, I'm paying less rake. And past, like, four entries, I'm, it's actually overlaying. But even just the reduction of rake over the course of a year adds up to money. So there are yeah. some times, like I, I, the, the other day, uh, I actually bombed in most of my double-ups, except for one $250 double-up 
that was only filled by nine people instead of 11. And I managed to come in fifth. So that I doubled there, even though I didn't double in, I came 16th of 23, 15th of 23. Mm-hmm. But because that overlet that, that, you know, the two people weren't there, it wasn't an 11 man. I got the benefit of that. I got an extra, that, that was a $500 swing right there just before lock. But even in GPP, let's say you have 20 GPP lineups. And before lock, you see something opens up and, you know, it could be a $5 single entry, 71 man. They it, It's 21 out of 71 or whatever. And it's 20 seconds before lock. Just put one of your GPP entries into it. Pick one. Doesn't matter. Yep. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's overlaying at that point. Now on the, when you, these strategies, this mentality works much better, as we said before, for lower stakes because you only have a limited amount of bankroll and the raw, and you're not as concerned about the raw money because you're trying to build that up. So getting any 1% here, 2% there, that will add up over time. Am I staking the lobby for $5 high five, single entries, whatever? (laughs) Probably in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to matter that much to my volume. But if it if it happens yeah. to be there, it's there. I mean, but it's not not something yeah. I'm actively just searching for. The same thing for the three man five the five dollar three mans. It's like every once in a while I'll check them, and if I could find something, I'll find something. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for the hundred nine dollar head to heads lobby and see if anyone that I don't recognize is up there. You know, I'm I'm looking yeah. more towards that. Uh. So I think it's it's useful. I think even just understanding that if this is new to you as a concept, just adding just this thought process to your game, to to your to your routine uh, on every single day. But the second question I, I have for you, Eric, is that people will look at this now. Getting getting in on contests before lock when it overlays. Feels like you got one over on DraftKings, right? It feels like you got something <laughs> over on FanDuel, right? But uh, sending out invites to 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 bad players and stalking them, like it has a negative connotation. It's like, well, do you want to be an asshole? It's like, well, it's yeah. it's within the it's within the rules. But from my perspective, it's it it probably costs me money. Like I rarely ever scoop players in head dads. Like most likely if I see, if I see them with a $50 head dead, I'll play them in a $50 head dead, but I won't take a 20. I won't take a 10. I won't take a five. Sometimes I do. Sometimes if I need, if I need to fill my volume and you just happen Mm -hmm. to be there, sorry, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. You posted and that's what the, you limited it to one at least. But sometimes you see that people don't even limit it to one and you see them pop up again. They have five $50 head deads and I could take all five and, and, I'm le- am I leaving money on the table because I just feel bad? Like, like I, you probably forgot to hit the limiter or whatever like that. And right. and I I don't want to take all I don't I just don't want to take all five of yours. Like I see on Fanduel that has no limiter, and people people that I beat scoop me, and I yep. go, what are you doing? Like I'd rather to me I just rather have the opponent diversity. So it's like I just yeah. don't. I if you hey if you wanted to play me in a fifty dollar head head to head on Fanduel. Like just play me in a fifty. Why did you take five of my five dollar one? Like why did you? Yeah. Like why was why why did you do that? Like yeah. I don't mind I, playing you, but let me just play you once so I can at least have head to heads open so I can play as many people as possible. So it's kind of like the golden rule 
of do unto others as I would do it to yourself or whatever. Like I look at that and, but that doesn't mean anyone else adheres to it. So Eric, do you think that I should be more cutthroat when it comes to that? Or like, does it matter if I do like, uh, is there, is there an ethical problem in, in, in bum hunting like this? It's such a funny question because I, like anybody that has ever you know that plays this even remotely seriously or or definitely has played cash remotely seriously or maybe even not not seriously just is a human playing playing dfs has had this like internal ethical debate where like look at this look and you can it stands out so clearly like you're using the head-to-head lobby example right it stands out so clearly with the stupid badge idea the the geniuses who said uh, you know, we want to we want to protect the the shitty players from getting scooped. No, it just, it just awesome. makes them stand out even more. <laughs> so so funny. Now they just yeah. Now they're they're every, if they if you don't have a badge and you post, you are getting your money in so so bad on DraftKings now because people are scooping you. But um, I, I feel like everyone has this sort of ethical debate. And I, so, are you sure everyone? I get a sense of a no, lot of people everyone. in DFS community are like, "Fuck you! You had them yeah. up, and I'm 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 looking to make mine, and who cares?" Everyone. Which I and I have to me. Hey, here's it's the type of thing. Same thing with the top shots and all the markets that are going on. It's as if you're up front and you're just like, "I'm just cut." Like this is the game, and that's yeah. the way it is. Like I can respect that attitude, but then don't don't act like you're altruistic or something by like, "No, I play ethically" or something. But is it? The question is, is it even an ethical issue? I don't think so. So I don't think so. Well, we'll start with the. What would be okay, okay to, to add to that? If you don't think it's an ethical issue, are there is there anything in DFS when it comes to contest selection like that or gameplay that you would consider to be unethical? I kind of think if you're truly spamming somebody like really true like is where the line might start to get crossed you found you jordan found some you know some guy uh you got mashed with whatever maybe he even took one of your head-to-heads you analyze him every morning and he's fucking awful right he just he didn't even have the best three plays on the slate and you're just spamming him every day thereafter with head-to-head invite requests wouldn't i just say hey he could just go in the settings and turn it off most people don't even know how to do that True. yeah so that that that, and that's where like i think people would make the argument and i I don't even think it's wrong you know i'm sitting here trying to talk it talk it through through myself is there are things in place that can prevent these people from from getting bum hunted um they don't have to play (laughs) you don't have to come into this into this world like you said there's block functions there's all sorts there's limits you know limits on head heads on DraftKings, and um ultimately like you can't fix stupid right we can't protect every stupid person it's like the investments that it's like it's like investment stuff if you go on if you go on twitter and you get your investment advice from fucking dave portnoy like you probably deserve <laughs> to lose your money right like if that's just like you can't fix stupid you know but um I think I have a biased opinion on it because like I work in this space. So like I want it to, I want it to be like a more positive environment. Right. I, I think, I think the- what, what this is very similar to poker. Okay. Cause I played, I, I, I said before, I played with a lot of Asian kids when I was younger and mm-hmm. there, there was there, a lot of them. They were really good players. 
they would they would try to tilt people at the table. Mm. Like they would they would not berate a bad player, but kind of like try to get into like you so bad. I can't believe you called that, you know, because they know that like, well, the player will like try to come after you or something like that. And uh, their attitude was like their their short term gain of like, like, well, yeah, you may be able to get all the ships now, but they're never going to play with you ever again. But the thing the, the difference is is that when I was playing in underground New York City games, like, if people didn't want to play with you, it's very hard to get into games. Like, it's, like, people wouldn't wouldn't show up to your card room, card game, is so-and-so going to be there? Because they're there for entertainment purposes, and they don't want to be, you know, constantly harassed to some extent. But it's not, it's not, it's nothing that I could stop. It's just table chatter. Uh, But I, but I had to tell them, I said, in, in these games, like, you have to be political. You do you want do you want his five hundred dollars now and then never getting any more money, or yeah. you're gonna you're gonna see him in three games this week for the next year or two. Like, what's the long term prognosis of this? But the difference that makes sense. But then you could say, well, what happens at a casino card room against if you go to Las Vegas? Like that seat's gonna be filled by someone else. Right on DraftKings, yeah, you could send head-to-head invites a million times, and if we run this bad player off, they're just going to be another bad player to take mm-hmm. their place. So let me just get mine. Is the mentality of that like I get? I get exactly what. That's the reason why I don't do it. I say mm-hmm. I I want I want bad players to have a fun time playing DFS, just like right. I want to have bad players have an entertaining fun time playing poker as they slowly lose their money to me. Right, and if it, if it's yep. not entertaining, they're not going to be there anymore. But in a very small ecosystem, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. But mm-hmm. when we view, if we view DFS as a much larger larger ecosystem, can you blame someone for? I don't care if I run this guy off as long as I get as much of his money, you know, before he does run off, rather than leave him yeah. to lose more money to more of us. Like I'm just going to get mine, and you could. And screw you like that. Yeah. I don't think you can, but I, I really, I don't think you can blame somebody for playing, playing short-term games, right? You're like, uh, talked about last week. Like if your belief is like, I'm just going to try to run this thing up as quick as, <laughs> as quick as I can in this DFS thing. I don't know if it's going to exist. I don't know if I'm going to give a shit about it. Like who knows? Like, like look what happened in freaking 2020 and look what's already happening in 2021. We have no idea what the fuck is going to happen a year, a year from now. So like I'm just gonna run this thing up and I don't really care. Um, I, I I don't blame anybody for that. That's just that's not like we both said. That's not my personal outlook and my personal approach to it. But to the point about ethics, I, I don't I don't I don't really think it's it's I, I don't I'm not sure as we've sat here and talked about this. I'm not sure that there really is anything within these confines that we're talking about here. And there's nothing that I can think of off the top of my head that really is what I would consider to be unethical well it, i think no always... i i think there there there's maybe one unethical thing is uh three-man targeting not three-man targeting so? by yourself i'm talking about about basically collusion oh, oh yeah. right about oh, basically yeah. basically you target you target someone you have a three-man and then the two instead the the two mean me and you are gonna invite a guy into a three-man and then i'm gonna play optimal you're gonna play optimal too Right, yep. so we have a two v two difference, and this and this person most likely is going to play a suboptimal lineup, 
And essentially, and we're, and then we're going to share the proceeds, right? To me, that, to me, that's, I mean, to, that's technically against the community guidelines of draft. It's not against the terms and conditions. It's against the community guidelines. And the term guidelines means fucking whatever the fuck it means, right? <laughs> it, it's one of those types of things that we talked about before of what's the difference between a lineup seller and, and a publicly available projection model. Like what, if I could press a button and get a lineup and like, why can't, why can't you just show the line? I mean, like, but at the end of the day, what does, does that matter? Like you're getting to the same place. So to me, those are where the ethical lines are more blurred than I'm just using the functionality of the site and, you know, complain, if anything, you should be mad at the site. Yeah. For not protecting, like you should be mad at FanDuel for not having a head-to-head limiter, like that, because that's it's ridiculous that it's 2021 and they don't because they're just looking to make as much money. Anything that will stop players from entering rake rake contests, like they're just maximizing for their profit. At least DraftKings doesn't have to maximize to that extent. They're like, like well, at least let's have a limiter. Let at least have this. At least have a block list. At least have some of this stuff. So people don't f- at least feel like they're getting targeted. FanDuel doesn't just doesn't give no fucks, right? Like, <laughs> no. right? Yahoo at least has has the has the badges that you know within within a week you could be a veteran. So like at the end of the day, it doesn't protect you for that long. I know FanDuel has the experience players only contest, but you don't you barely you could last a week in there before you're an experienced player. The badges mm-hmm. don't really mean much, but. You're of the belief that as long as it's within within the constructs of of the of of the app of the functionality of the site, as long as you're not pooling money and colluding together, yep. for an advantage that you're actually seeing an expected value advantage, that that pretty much anything anything goes. It's just your personal pres- preference on do you want to have an extra 0.01% ROI for the time it takes to do that? Yeah, that's exa- that's exactly it, I think. Yeah, when you start to get towards collusion is is where that is where like you said that line um I don't even yeah, the the three man thing is definitely unethical. Like I'm I, I will I there's it's not blurry to me that that's definitely unethical, but all this other stuff. Well, well no, no, hold on, hold on. Cause I want to separate even that. You, Cause I see these Reddit posts. I see these Facebook group posts. Most of them are fucking it's conspiracy theory bullshit. <laughs> Here's the reason why you see two sharp players in a three man and that's it. And not a third guy is because they're waiting for the, they're, they're waiting for the MOOC. Right, I'm going to yes. use. I'm going to use the. Hopefully, that's not a that bad of a slur or something like that. It's called mook farms. Whatever. I, I just like the term now. Uh, they're just they're waiting for a lesser experienced player. If I see a two out of three with Empire Maker and McLovin, I'm not going to enter it. Not because I'm colluding with Empire Maker and McLovin. It's because where's the edge there in playing two yeah. other sharper players? They're waiting for me. If anything, they're 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 hoping to make money off of me. Yeah, so exactly. to me, that's that's not unethical. Like it's not, uh, no. how come this guy and this guy are never in three mans together? Cause why would the, why, if I see you in a three man, Eric, why am I going to be in your, co- like what advantage do I have in being in your contest? Because I, we're going to trade rake if at best, but if, if I see you and some rando, 
Like, I'll join. But it's not like me and you, after that, when you win, you're going to give me half the money or anything. Like, we're right. still trying to beat one another. There's no <laughs> there's no collusion going on there. It's just good contest selection. How come these guys never play against each other? Why would the, Why would you want to play? We're waiting for better action. We're sitting at we're sitting at the card table, at the card room. You see this even in poker, that you'll see five five people sitting at a table. You know, high, typically higher stakes, and they're all good players. And are they playing hard at this point? No, right? They're like we're probably going to be trading money amongst ourselves, but I mean, they're still going to play. They're going to still try to beat each other, but. Is anyone going to shove all in for five grand, uh, you know, on, on a small edge? And the, no, they'd probably, it's going to be fairly conservative. And then once, once a bad player sits down, then everyone kind of takes turns. Like, okay, we all know that this is the guy that's going to donate to all of us. So instead of me making a move on a sharper player, I'll probably fold. Not because, but we're not splitting money. We're not like this. And there's no like agreement. And no, we're not looking at each other going to remember the contract that we signed. <laughs> no, it's 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 game selection, it's contest selection. And then two mm-hmm. other bad players sit down and now it's like, okay, we have a nine-handed table, we had three bad players here, and you know, if I had a choice of making a move or taking a stand or three betting, you know, a sharper player on my table, most likely I'm gonna lean towards not doing that and waiting for a better opportunity to try, you know, to call a hand and, and get money off of a bad player that makes a bad decision. So like, if you don't consider, like, to me, that's not unethical. What would be yeah. unethical in that spot is that if all six players are like, well, we're just going to split up whoever's money is coming in here. Like, then you're not playing against six players. You're getting, you're playing against a syndicate of, it's one player that has six different hands. And, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, you got, you'll get thrown out of a card room for doing, I mean, like, like right. that, that's, that it's not illegal. You're not going to jail or anything, but. But it's 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 basically against the rules of the card room. It's probably it's against the casino regulations. It's you know you'll get you'll get you'll get your ass chucked for doing that. But what we're talking about is is not that. What we're talking about is purely individuals making contest selection choices. Right, and <clears throat> I definitely do this. Like I do it more. I, I'm interested. I'm interested to hear. Um, for you with like soccer, you know, I know, I know, um, how you play, how you play soccer. And it, this conversation relates even more so to me in, um, the more niche sports because there's so much less action. The, the best players are so much better than a casual player. And there's like, so I, I'm getting to an example about college basketball because college right. basketball is like my, my you know, college basketball, college football are like my sock, you know, my version of your, of your soccer. There will be at any, even the, 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 you know, I can't go below five, but even at the $5 head to head level, there will be no more than like seven or eight guys with head to heads posted. And it's like, if I want to play X amount of dollars that day, like I have to like, cause when I post it's not, I'm people aren't scooping them. So I'm going to just going to be playing these guys anyway. So like, I have to decide like, okay, am I playing, am I just not going to play head to heads today? Or who am I playing here? Am I playing everybody and trying to, you know, like you talked about getting as diverse. You know, I know some of these guys are are better than other guys, or but I just want to play, you know, eight different guys. Or, you know, do I really respect? So like, um, you know, he works with with us 
but uh, turtle, fe- fear my turtle, fear the turtle. Right. Whatever. I have him blocked it's, in soccer. Just, him and yeah. Alex, I, yeah. like my block, like just to put things in perspective that people don't understand, like the niche sports lobbies that like my block list uh, on DraftKings of 10 is all 10 soccer players. And, yeah. and I don't care about the NBA or anything is because there's so many more opponents in NBA, even in that lobby that. If I end up playing, if I end up playing Dot, if I end up playing Shit My Money, if I end up playing someone, then so be it. But in the soccer lobby, it's like, like if I, my block list is essentially the ten best. I mean, like, like <laughs> I you if you looked at the head to head lobby with, between my blocks and people that block me, I open it up and it goes like there's only two people, yeah. or zero. It says like no contest event. It shows that seventy eight exist, yeah. but I can't even see any of them. And then you have to decide whether or not, like, the people that you don't... Because sometimes you don't block people because you know they're not going to take your games either. So, right. right, it's like well, there's no point or whatever unless we auto-match and then we withdraw before then because you could withdraw your head-to-heads. But I get exactly what you mean by... Uh, I'm at the point now... Like, I'm... I'm, I'm I, I care about contest selection. I, I, I'd rather play less. I played soccer... Like, right now, there's a soccer slate going on that started before we recorded this podcast... Like, I'd love to get $3,000 of action in soccer. But the only way for me to get $3,000 in action in soccer is by playing Pew and Saramac and PSU. And, like, what's the point of that? So I'm only playing playing $700. But, I mean, I remember three, four years ago when I had a smaller bankroll. It's like, I wish I had the bankroll I had now back then because the soccer lobby was much more booming back then that now I... That, that's why I don't focus that much on soccer anymore because just the, the raw money isn't there. People ask me, are you playing the Interleague slate today? Are you playing the, the Europa, Europa League slate? It's like, like I can't, there's no, there's no, there's no soft action. There's no like, like if I go in that lobby, the contest is smaller on those smaller slates and the head to head lobby is barren. And it's like, what am I, what good action can I get on this slate? Maybe 300 bucks. Like, I'm going to play NBA tonight for like 3000. Like I'm going to spend more of my time doing that than, but yes, on the EPL slates, on the UCL slates, the bigger soccer slates. Sure. But even then, like I'm not playing Saramac. I'm not, I don't care about the volume. I just want to get my money in as good as possible. And if it just so happens to be X amount, then it's X amount. If it's more, sometimes I start seeing, sometimes you see someone two fifteen head to head, Oh, they're back. A lot of times in the soccer lobby, it's just like, oh, okay, I remember them from six months ago. I'm going to take their 215. Let's see if they got better, right? And if they're there, they're there. If there's a three-man, sometimes I see $215 three-mans, and I see it's, it's Red Goat, who's in everything, and then some some other guy. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is where my this is where it's going. If there's <laughs> if there's a $1,000 head-to-head against some rando, then I guess that's where my... then Like, that's... This contest selection extreme... I mean, some people would even consider this to be extreme, let alone right. setting up leagues and sending <laughs> out $1 invites. Like, that's extreme, extreme. But people would consider this extreme. But to me, that's that like that's to grind, to truly, if you're grinding this and you're trying to make income, money, like, this is this is part of playing DFS as much as building lineups. Maybe more now, like, right. <laughs> like maybe more. I mean, it's certainly more work. It's more work for me. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know even it, like what the what's the exact balance of how much does each lever matter. But like, 
So I, I basically like almost always have, at least when I'm like sitting at my desk, uh, working, like I'll have the, the lobbies up and just like you, like, uh, I think you talked about when we, uh, have talked about your cash stuff that you go back at different times throughout the day to kind of spread out your action and, and, and whatever. But like, especially with like college basketball, it's so funny right before, literally right before this, I did just about everything that we have, we, we have outlined here. I'm scrolling through, you know, because the same thing, not only is like the head to head lot, there, there's only a handful of tournaments. Some of them aren't even worth, worth playing, but there's only a handful of tournaments. It's all the same guys, right? So there's a, you know, there's a lotto, but then there's a, a 222 that's got 50 people in it. Okay. Well, here, the top 25 players are all in there. So like, okay. And they all have their head to heads posted. And then there's like even smaller, there's a $50 single entry with 20 spots. It's like, well, that's all, it's all those same guys. And so like, you know, you, you start to just do the, these mental, mental gymnastics. And so in order to get your money in, like if I'm going to play the slate, like, okay, if I'm going to get my money in, how am I going to like, you, you kind of outlined, how am I going to get my money in? So literally before we like, right before we're hopping on here, I'm just kind of casually scrolling through the draftings lobby. And I think it was a three man or, or four man, 50, 50 or something like that. And same thing happened. Turtle was in there cause he's in everything. And then there's like two dudes. I, I think it was a four man, the two, two dudes that I'd never seen before. So I'm like, yep. Okay. You know, that's, there's a hundred dollars that or whatever it is that I'm, that I'm playing today. But like, I have no idea. I have no idea um, how much of that is, is going to exist, whatever. So it's just, it, it is, it is, it has become a, a really huge part of, of my process. Oh, the other thing I was going to kind of pivoting a little bit, but the other thing I was going to ask you um, now that I'm the, the cash, the, the FanDuel cash game grinder, I post, I mostly just post my head heads over there and I get the soft, that's where I get the softest action is posting, is posting head to heads. No, no, I agree. That, I agree. I agree with that. Is, is that, has, has no, that been no. the same Good. thing for you? Typically the, the, the mentality of people with head to heads is that they're, they're afraid to post cause they're, cause they think that good players are going to scoop them. So yeah. that's why typically good players tend to post and bad players tend to take. But that also means that in order to get good action, you have to post. Right. And I, I always relate it to the, the prison yard. Right? I mean, I, I'd never been to prison, but I mean, <laughs> like you're the new guy and you kind of have to go up to the, the, you have to go up to the, the, the baddest guy in the yard and punch him in the face to just like prove the fact that you're not someone to, you're not someone to fuck with. So if you're scared of like, oh, I don't want to post head deads. Like no, you can have to post, and you and you will get to like that's what I do. I go, I'm in the bathroom. I'll open up the NBA slate, let them go in the twenty dollars, and like I've seen these names over and over and over and over again. Okay, and then I'll see some. I'll see a name. It doesn't matter if you have a badge or not. Even if you have a badge, I don't. I don't recognize this name. So I take. Here's a twenty dollar head dead. I'll take it, and I'll do that all the time. And then like once a month, I go through my rotor tracker. And look at my head-to-heads uh, based on playing and whatever. And if it just so happens that, oh, that guy, we're trading rake or something. Or yeah. he actually beat me because I'm not, I'm playing so many head-to-heads. I'm not look, doing this on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and, then I, and then I stop taking, right? And then I look for some, then, you know, that's one of the people that I don't, don't block or anything, but I don't take. But in order to get to that point, you're going to have to, you can, you have to play well enough and beat the people off that 
think you're you're an idiot until you prove otherwise. Until you show that you're you're building solid lineups. You may not be building the same lineups, but at least solid enough lineups because that's that's the best way to get the soft action. Very similarly, I talked I, I've talked to another high stakes, very high stakes player. Not going to say their name because they're not going to want me to. That uh, about three mans, like the three man, the five man, the non guaranteed lobby. He 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 described it as like it's you in order in order to get soft action, you have to like I'm a nit, so like I'm the one looking for the twos of threes, waiting for the second opponent or the first opponent to be like the bad player, and then I jump in. But his, his attitude is is that. No, the softest act. You're you're gonna get you're gonna get those contests are gonna be taken up too quickly. You have to be the one in there as two out of three, so the third person is the bad player. So, yeah. but in the process of doing that, you're also gonna be playing three mans that don't have one. That you're gonna be playing Empire Maker. You're gonna be playing Love's Bases. You're gonna be playing any any most of the time. Very similar to that card game where it's six guys trading rake amongst themselves because if you don't you're never going to get the you're never going to get the whales you you're you're the whales are, are the third guy to come in here so like while i was arguing with him it's like well i don't want to i want to find the softest action by being that third guy he's like no you have to battle he said the non-guaranteed you have to be good enough to beat up the other good players so they stay out of your three mans Right, yeah. this is all not collusion, though. They're fi- they're fighting for the money, and no one's splitting money. Everyone's out for themselves. It's still cutthroat fucking shit. <laughs> but if you're not willing to get involved in the fight, you're not going to have the opportunity of the the person playing uh, the ten sixty head to head that just some no badger takes your game. It's like, well, in order for that to happen, you have to post there, and uh, if you post the ten sixty. You have to be willing to say that, hey, Empire Maker is going to take your game because he takes everyone's yep. games. So he, because yep. he's looking, he doesn't give no fucks. He's looking at just as much action <laughs> as he could get. So if you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to also get the soft action in return. So that's, so the, the, these are all contest selection dynamics that have nothing to do with building lineups. This has to do with finding the weakest opponents, but even the stuff with the battling for the, the non-guaranteed lobby, none of that is unethical. That's, that's, that's the name of the game. I mean, this is, this is, we're, we're, we're all out for ourselves. I mean, this is, this is, this is what it is. And if you could, if you could find weaker players, then great. I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm I'm trying to mine gold. I'm trying to farm. Did you farm mooks? Is that how you do it? (laughs) Are we farming mooks? I hope to God. What did, let me let me just make sure. I'm just going to Google MOOC just to make sure. I was that. just, just going to say. I'm gonna okay, no, a stupid or incompetent person. That's what a MOOC is. I just want to make sure some friend, some some foreign language means something else. Okay, according to the dictionary on Oxford languages, it's a stupid or incompetent person. So okay, <laughs> so there you go, a MOOC farm. But say if you could find your MOOCs and I could find my MOOCs, then. Then God bless you. Yep. And at the end of the day, if we can't find any mooks, I guess we're playing each other today, and tomorrow right. will be another day. So, yeah. so, but but okay. these are the logical extremes of contest selection. It doesn't mean that you have to go to those extremes. Mm-hmm. But how many people, Eric, do you think are out there that are break-even players that would be profitable players if it just came down to 
spending a little bit of time in in contest selecting better a ton i think i i think it's a it's a ton it's the most uh we talked you know, we we you know i don't want to say beat to death but you know like late swap and stuff we had one episode where we talked so much about late swap and optionality and all that where like it's the most underutilized feature of like making teams um, and I and I believe that that's true. I think this conversation is the most underutilized aspect of like um, just playing this game that we're playing that that doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the teams of how how to maximize your ROI. I guess is what I would say. This is the best. This is the best thing you can do to maximize your your ROI as any any like there's very very different levels to what like you said that super high stakes guys have to do in order to um you know best contest select but you know if you're yeah if you're a break-even player or a low stakes player or or a, more than a break-even player you can, I, I think that the things that you can do the, the boost to your roi and the boost to your long-term expectation whether it's not even just roi the boost to your ceiling right like um th- there's so many things that you can do uh within this contest selection realm that are huge and and, and people just don't really do it the other one that always pops out to me um, that I was going to run by you. I noticed it more. <laughs> I just realized every day how big of a fucking fish I've been for writing off FanDuel for so long. But I noticed it on FanDuel. It's absurd. The the satellites. Yep. No, I was, I was literally, literally going to mention that last before we got out of here. Yeah. And I, 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 it's another thing that I think people, people don't do. And people have like, Tonight, if anyone listens to this before you go play NBA or whatever, NHL, it exists in every sport, including NFL. People think, like, oh, NFL has all this money. It exists in NFL, too. But, like, in, in NBA, it's mind-boggling. These satellites sometimes overlay by a half. Yeah, they're, they're not – some of them aren't even 50% full. I'm playing it. And so, like, you also have to be willing – like, I, I don't play golf on FanDuel. I don't play NHL on FanDuel. I barely ever play – I might play a handful of NHL slates a year. But, like – they have NBA contests for like the NHL monster, right? Which a monster, the, the monster is anywhere from 300, like 333 to 555, so, somewhere in there. And they'll be like, it's like 30% full 10 minutes before lock. Now there's other people like me out there that kind of pound it um, at the, at the very end. But like, we're, we're talking about, yeah, 50% full and you're spending $2, you know, <laughs> to, to, to win a ticket to a $500 contest. Um, I actually saw there was uh, someone that I know. Oh God, I forget what his Twitter handle is, but uh, Real Fake Walter is his, is his Twitter handle. He won an entry on DraftKings into the 888, which he does not. That's not something um, in his normal bankroll that he would normally play. But he did exactly what we were talking about here. He sat with the lobby open right before NBA lock, maybe a week ago or something like that, and it was a $75 satellite. Which okay. Instead of, don't worry about the dollar amount. I know that that's not reasonable for every single person, but uh, it was massively overlaid right before lock. So he tosses the team in and he wins. And so now a guy who's playing maybe a couple hundred bucks a night in tournaments has an for a for a small portion of what he was playing that night has has now won himself uh, an entry into you know almost a thousand dollar contest. And so like we talked about last week with like shot taking and all that kind of stuff, using this form of contest selection can allow any player of any bankroll of any, even almost any skill level to um, find ways to take shots without being like, 
okay, I have a thousand dollar bankroll. I'm going to play the monster today. And if I, if I, if I lose, I'm just fucked. Like you shouldn't do that kind of shot taking, but these, these FanDuel satellites specifically, it happens on DraftKings too, just typically not quite to the extent there'll be like you talked about it with double ups earlier, right? There might be a satellite with 23 and it ends at 21 or something, but like that, that's good. That, that That's good too. Uh, but, but FanDuel specifically, these satellites, it is truly absurd. Um, you know, kind of the, the long-term expectation that, that you can get just by, you know, uh, <laughs> not being lazy and just pulling up the lobby, you know, kind of close to lock. Right. The tickets are worth something. So like, you play for seventy five bucks and it's fifty percent overlay, like you just you just essentially doubled your money in equity just immediately, even yep. if you didn't win the ticket or anything. And then when you win the ticket, I mean, like it, it's it's, I mean, the ROI difference is on there. If you could find the overlay, it used to be in the old days. People would tell me in the old days, even before I started in two thousand fifteen, two thousand twelve, thirteen, fourteen. It's like overlay was a given. Like they were just doing overlay yeah. just to get user acquisition and stuff like that. So that was like the norm. I think people that are playing now don't realize that like the old school guys know what hunting for overlay looks like because you'd do it every night because it was always existed. Yep. Now it's much harder to find, but the places that you could find it, take advantage of it. If other people aren't, why not? Right. So, so many people are worried so much about their lineups three minutes before lock. Are you done? Yes. Okay. So what do you why are you typing in the Discord now? Like, why isn't why isn't your app open and you just late enter whatever contests? You know, they open up some cash. They, sometimes DraftKings opens up a fifty-seven man du- something double up sixty-two man double three minutes before lock and it's zero of sixty-two. This ain't filling. Like, give it to me. I've I've had some soccer contests because obviously it's a slower lobby where the double up everyone has won before the slate started. <laughs> right. It's a it's an eleven man double up yep. and only five people enter it, and it's just I just look at the up oh, we we all double our money. It doesn't matter what any of us score anymore. Like it, we've all doubled, and it, but also Eric, you've had those times. I've had those times where it's six out of eleven, <laughs> and of course you you come in sixth place, right? You come you, 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 you right. There's plenty of times even for GPPs. Like oh, there's tons of overlay in this GPP. Instead of making 20 lineups, I'm making 100 lineups because there's all this overlay. And when the, when the clock starts, you see the green number higher. So, like, you know how much overlay there is. And you brick every lineup. And you still brick, <laughs> and you just brick everything anyway. So, it's like, great. I chased overlay, and I still got screwed. And this, this, both, both extremes of this have happened to me within the last week. The other thing um, that uh, people don't think about is, like, turbo contests, late slate contests. You know, afternoon slate, whatever. Uh, in NBA, especially, I've started started to see it. So now I'm playing these goddamn slates. Just just what I need to do, make more lineups. But uh, it was know, a few days ago, and towards the end of last week, one of the late slates. It was, it was actually pretty good. Late three game NBA slate, and they had a big lotto. And like, I don't play those fucking contests, right? But it's it's like ten. I didn't see it. Somebody alerted me to it. it it's like ten minutes. To lock and it's not even 50% full and it's 100k to first place lotto so and like I'm not at my computer I got my damn phone out you know and I'm just jam like jamming as many lineups into it I don't even know how many I got in there yeah and of course I bricked I, I mean bricked I, I only got a couple of uniques in there and so I had some train that was just god awful but like I think it got to like 60% full or something like that 
So like, yeah, I would do, you know, I would do that again. I, I hope it happens tonight. I'll, I'll do it every night if, uh, if that kind of overlay exists. Then on Sunday, like I said, the total opposite. Sunday, I'm playing college basketball. There's no NFL. So I'm playing this, this college basketball slate. And, you know, the lottos are not very big, but same thing. Five minutes before lock, this college basketball lotto is nowhere near full, nowhere near full. So I, I, I'm not, I don't like to play multiple teams in college. I'm just weird about it. So I just ran a, a little bit of a train. My team got second in the lot. <laughs> my, my team got second in the, in the freaking lotto. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, the, I, you know, just, I never would have done it. Right. If, if it wasn't overlaying, but I'm chasing, chasing the, the overlay. And now I have a, like most of the top 10 is me, is me. Right. Be- all because I was being smart. You know, that that's a lot like both ends of that are like luck and variance. But that's not the point. The point is when you're contest selecting appropriately, you set yourself up for for good things to happen to you. Right. Create your own luck and all those bullshit things. But, um, yeah, I just think that like I'm happy that we talked about this. I'm happy that you brought this. Well, now, I don't know if I'm happy that I know what a mook farm is now. Uh, and I hope to God I don't start using that uh, phrase just because. Well, what's wrong it with that? I like it. I like it. I like Moon Farm. It sounds inappropriate. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that it is, you know, based on you you looking it no, up. No, no. It means an incompetent person. Mook Farms. Yeah. If I, like, go, like, I have, like, dinner with my parents or something, and I start telling them about Mook Farms, I can tell you that they're not going <laughs> to think, like, oh, this is really insightful. They're going to be like, Shh, we're, you know, we're in we're public. In public. <laughs> right. Mook Farms. What, really? <laughs> Right. See, oh. bum hunting, like, well, but but you could say bum hunting, and that's fine. I, I don't. Bum hunting does. Bum hunting sounded sounded worse until you found something somehow that sounds even worse, even more inappropriate. Bum hunting, bum mook farming, right? <laughs> yeah. Mook farm. What's wrong with that? I like it. I like that he brought it up. I'm like, I, I, I like the mook. Right. Uh, let, let me see. It, maybe he's making it up. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google mook farm just to see if that is. Is that a chess term? Is that for, I mean, I don't know, mook farm? Let's see, let's see. No, it doesn't really come up. It doesn't, mook farm, mook farm. Maybe this is just this this person. No, it's, it, it, Google is saying, did you mean this? Did you mean that? I think that, I think maybe it's just, maybe it's just this dude. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe, maybe it is. I don't know because it, if it's not coming up on Google, then like, like then then may, maybe 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 he made up the term. No, uh, there is a mook farm clo- lo- close to me in Hudson, Kentucky. I was just it's literally called mook farm, farm. <laughs> right? It's an authentic Kentucky getaway, the old mook farm. Okay. Oh, that's man. why I said if you anyone who plays chess or something that you make sure that maybe it's just this dude that just calls it a mook farm okay whatever <laughs> so uh it, it don't add it obviously you're not going to add me or Eric to, to your mook farm because we'll probably beat you <laughs> often enough but you can follow Eric Eric Bime for on Twitter I'm at Blender HD Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports we have a, a whole chapter risk management chapter about contest selection so a lot of this stuff, a lot of this type of concept is in there. So go take the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass when you get a chance at theoryofdfs.com.